Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, this show is about having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me are my co-hosts. We have Rob, Robbie, and Will. Rob, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I, full disclosure, have been spending slash wasting a lot of my time in Master Fault of Glass, but I did finally get a Time Lost Hens in Vengeance, so I never have to do that challenge ever again. Uh, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Sweet. <laughs> Robbie, what have you been up to? I did do Master Vogue once, but honestly, I think I've been just wasting my time getting glowy ornaments for my characters and, you know, playing the, <laughs> the EAD and, uh, yeah, a lot of activities that I haven't played for a while, though, so that, that's been good. Refreshing. Sweet, sweet. Will, what about you? Uh, so I have been sword peeking in JMs all week um, and then dabbling in a little Dirty. bit of the Vogue Master. So to preview our topics for today... Uh, we're going to talk Master Vault of Glass first, then we're going to share some crazy and funny stories from our LFG experiences, and then lastly we're going to talk Trials and the PvP sandbox um, since the new update. So Rob, you um, got Hesen's Vengeance, the time-lost version, not too long ago. Um, why don't you start off the Master Vault of Glass conversation? Yeah, yeah. So I I went in Tuesday at 1339 and kind of excited for the concept of doing like a hard mode version of vault of glass because i actually because now that the patch came out i was able to see how many completions i have of vault of glass and i've done like 21 22 since it released mm -hmm. so i'm like okay i feel pretty good about the the change in mechanics i feel pretty good about vault of glass like i knew they they'd announced there was going to be champions like all right let's see how this goes and like found a group jumped in struggled quite a bit with the opening gate sequence as i know a lot of people like couldn't even get past that um we did one round and realized that none of us had the appropriate loadouts and we just got completely like overrun and so we went to orbit we all kind of like re-strategized and said yeah blinding nades let's change around some of our subclasses because the opening is like pretty brainless typically and this actually kind of forced everyone's hand to like strategize and use weapons that you know normally maybe wouldn't use for that opening sequence and it was challenging, but we we got kind of a rhythm down. We were able to get in uh, and then started actually to, to dive into the Vault of Glass. And then we spent probably a half an hour on um, the Confluxes. And then after a couple wipes and a couple kind of reshifts of like, okay, what's everyone's weapon loadout? How do we change this? Do we have the appropriate mods? Because they introduced barrier champions uh, into that that sequence. Mm -hmm. and after a couple wipes people started quitting and it's like first of all we kept getting to like the final round where all three conflexes are there and you have to defend them so it's not like we weren't making progress um but it kind of felt like people were expecting to be able to steamroll this and because they weren't able to do it right away they were just like well this isn't for me i'm not at the right level this sucks you know insert whatever complaint you have and then and then you start rage quitting and I got pretty demoralized that first night um, where I started kind of wanting to jump on that bandwagon of like complaining like, oh, this sucks. This is, you know, lazy, hard mode and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I, I, I put my big boy pants on uh, and then did it another night. And I was able to find because and that's the other thing, too, is like I was like, I still want to do a fresh. I want to get all the way through this. And, and partially I wanted the ship, but I wanted to get through it just to say that I've done a master. Um, 
but nope, like I had a difficult time finding like fresh runs. And I was even willing to do like the opening sequence again, because it's like, you know, if you want all the weapons, you're going to have to do this this opening sequence a couple times. So you might as well kind of learn the strategies, get the the cadence down from when like the champions come versus the Praetorians and like learning to pay attention for when the the Hydras show up or not Hydras, the Cyclops. Um, that's not what they're called either. Anyway, um, like trying just trying to get the rhythm down for all of that. And like nobody wants to practice it. Everyone just wants the checkpoint to get the challenge, to get the time loss weapon and then get out of there. And that's really unfortunate. And I think now that I've had some time to like kind of digest it, I do have some issues with the master version. I think ultimately it was an interesting attempt, but I don't think that the execution was done correctly. And we can, you know, we can kind of discuss it. But overall, I think it was cool. Um, it's nice that we finally got a raid that's got some challenging aspects to it where you have to like you have to rethink your approach to to every encounter and your weapon loadout and actually make meaningful decisions to your build and and you start to actually appreciate all of the uh the mods that they have for your armor where like if you get like precision kills you can start like kind of disrupting uh enemies that are if you're standing near like one of the conflexes or one of the plates uh and so those those mods are actually a little more useful and so again, it's like looking at it kind of from the GM perspective of you actually have to make meaningful choices with your build. And I like that aspect of it. I just think there's other parts that were not done well. So that's my stance on it right now. And we can dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll open this discussion up. Uh, Robbie, do you have any thoughts on what Rob just said? I personally yes. have not dived into. I definitely agree with some of those points but I, I know rob you didn't play day one which was contest right. mode right so contest mode was different in the way that there were no barrier champions and there were no some of the elemental shields that you see on master vault of glass now right so it was basically the regular version but it would put you 25 levels under by default right kind of like a grandmaster does it was basically a grandmaster and that felt good. That felt fun. That felt really hard. I mean, I was in there for 11 hours straight on day one. And it was tough. But it was also fun, like really fun. And it felt challenging. And it still felt like we could do this, you know, given more time and given... Right. This new version. And I mean, I was expecting Master Vault of Glass to kind of be like contest mode. I would, I would have been happy if they brought contest mode and made that the master version. Right, but it's not. This one basically is like, I mean, I know this might be like a not so popular opinion, especially for someone like you guys or someone that listens to our podcast. Because if you're interested in Destiny enough to listen to our podcast, that means that you enjoy and play Destiny, right? But there's a lot of people that don't play as often, and those guys are the guys who you know play matchmaking nightfalls, and they will, will never be able to do in a season a master nightfall even. Not even a grandmaster, just a master nightfall. Now you can see those people complaining on Reddit about like, I can't get platinum rewards on matchmaking because everybody just rushes and don't kills the champions. And like, well, yeah, you know that that's how it, it's gonna be if you're matchmaking with randoms. But this thing is the same for me. It's like if you're, and I think this is the running theory right now. Is uh, once you get past those under 10 levels closer to the to the cap of 1350, it just becomes easier. If everybody's over 1345, killing the Templar becomes 
just as killing the Templar on the regular version. So you can actually kind of steamroll it. And I do agree that I had to rethink my loadout because I was already comfortable with what I was using. Right. I had over 20 clears and, and I had to switch to, okay, I need arc for, for this uh, encounter because now there's shields. Uh, we divided our overload and barriers, so I just kept running overload as I usually do for everything. So it didn't change much to me because I was already 1345. But I did see the guys in my clan that were like 1335 struggling and getting one shot and getting frustrated and then doing damage at the Templar where I was doing, you know, in one little phase of 1.6 million and they were like barely reaching half a million damage. So yeah, that, that's that's the thing though. It's It's not, like you said, it's not actually harder and more challenging. It's just level-based harder right. and more challenging. And which I, I, yeah. I don't like so much. I would have preferred much more, like, put everybody, regardless of, you know, me and some of my friends that are almost 1350 and the guys who are 1335 in a level playing field and make it hard for all of us. Right. But across the field. And so we can deal with that challenge together as a team rather than, you know, some of us being high there and doing the high numbers and some people feeling that they get one shot by a red bar. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different aspects of it that I'm I'm disappointed with. Like, I naively was hoping there'd be some kind of change up with the mechanics. And I know a while back they said they weren't ever going to, like, differentiate, like, a hard mode versus easy by changing the mechanics. But I was kind of maybe assuming that they would change how some of the variants of those worked, which I guess is still a change in mechanics, but, like, I was reading some forum posts that someone had noted like, hey, maybe if you had made more oracles or kind of shortened the time between when the Praetorian and the Wyvern come to sacrifice during like the gatekeeper challenge or during the gatekeeper encounter where you're not you're not changing the mechanics, but you're making them tighter so that the team actually needs to be a little more cohesive. I guess I was kind of hoping for maybe something like that or something that I kind of thought of where, you know, whenever you have any kind of oracle encounter, you get you get kind of shown the sequence twice before you then have to actually destroy the oracles. I would have thought maybe if they gave you one uh, or they, they went through it much quicker or something like that, where again, like it's sort of iterating on those mechanics and just making them a little more challenging. Like I was hoping for more something like that in the concept of like master mode, not just, Hey, it's higher difficulty and more champions. Oh, and by the way, we're putting on match game. And if you're airborne, you take more damage or, things that are airborne do more damage like i was hoping to avoid stuff like that and i know there's like youtubers have already kind of talked about this pretty extensive uh, extensively with the concept of like artificial uh difficulty increases and things like that and it's like you know what do you, what are you expecting ultimately when you're getting a hard mode uh and what are the expectations and we didn't have any information prior to this going into it and i know a lot of people are pissed because they call it master, despite the fact that it's 10 light levels higher than anything else that uses the quote unquote kind of master difficulty setting. And and then there's also the question of, hey, is this going to increase with uh, difficulty next season in the same vein that other master content does, where essentially you're locked out of it for maybe the first half of the season while you're grinding uh, your new power level. And so there's all of a lot of these unknowns that I think are inevitable when you have 
the first week of content like this being released where everyone kind of like it wasn't what we were expecting and you're disappointed by it so now you want to get mad and like find like-minded people that also agree with you that are also mad because you're frustrated in in the same vein and i was definitely like that like the first night because it was like not what i was expecting and what i was hoping for and i think that that's inevitable for something like this but i think fundamentally and, and you and i were just kind of talking about this like it sucks that what it boils down to fundamentally is if you didn't grind enough bounties to get to this point you might be locked out of this content not because you're not capable of doing it but if you are someone who does do matchmaking or you do a lot of lfg posts you're going to have a much more difficult time because now the the sort of unanimous decision is you need to be 1340 or 1341 and up light level just to even have a chance to find an lfg group that'll let you in and that's kind of unfortunate because you can do it at 1335 it's definitely a challenge for you, but again, if you're interested in doing this kind of content, hopefully you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, and it's just kind of unfortunate that it's inadvertently being gatekept um, by an arbitrary light-level bounty-grinding thing, and it's like even Grandmasters are easier to get into uh, than the Master uh, Nightfall or I'm sorry, Master Vault of Glass. And I think it's I think it was just done poorly. I do think that 10 levels over was a good idea though. And I know I agree. it's gonna sound weird, but like yesterday even, so I was grinding my second pair or not pair set of uh, Solstice Armor. And I went into a master nightfall because I needed three nightfalls. And if I'm gonna do a nightfall, I might as well get a shard. So I went in with all blues. And the only mods on my armor were the barrier and overload mods. That's it. I didn't have anything else. Right. And I was still able to do a master nightfall because that's how easy they are. So the fact that, yeah, you master is 1340 and you put it 10 levels over, it just means, and, and to get from 1340 to 1350 takes like so long time. Right. It just made it a bit harder than it should be for a nightfall and it's a raid so it should be harder so i do think that those 10 levels they are justified i, I don't you know i i agree blame it on that alone but yeah they're doing the bounce like you said and getting up there it's uh it's a grind and i think in the end that's the point of you know an mmo sometimes there there will always be a grind and I will argue for the other side because I, I am like that and I have friends who are like that and uh, we log in every day and we check the bounties and we do them because if we had no bounties, we what do we do? You know, it's right. fun. Like, yeah, uh -huh. I get that people don't have the time to play as much as, as me or some other people do. So for them, it's not so, cool, not so cool to have to grind so much. And if you do check Reddit, there's a guy who does optimized bounties every day. Right. And he will tell you what to do in one hour to get the most done, which is also amazing. That guy deserves all the props in the world. <laughs> but uh, for people like us, like once I run out of bounties, it's like, eh, well, and now I can kind of do whatever. So I'll just, you know, literally do whatever. But for me, it's fun. Like, I actually look forward to doing my bounties every day. And, and um... yeah, I agree with Bobby on this one, too. As somebody who's not like a PvE guru or spends as much time in there as most of the hardcore PvE community, I, I think the 1350 is actually a good um, level for it. Because um, it's in-game it's content, you know? Like, it's not made for the whole entire community. Right. Like, 
I mean, like you have to reward hardcore PVE players or, you know, bounty, bounty farming, you know, whatever it is. Um, see the loot's not there. There's no incentive for doing the whole raid, you know? I already have Vaporinger I like or a Vision of Confluence I like and the LMG, I'm spacing on the name, but I'm okay with the level cap. I just think they need to bring the loot in line with um, what they're naming it as and what the difficulty of the content is because at this point right now i don't think it's worth to go in there and do the whole thing i think you're going to see people just um posting checkpoints on lfg you're gonna hop in you're gonna do your challenge for the week on every character and that's it right no and, and I, rewarding you. I, I wanna i, I don't want to be perfectly clear i'm not disagreeing with both of you in terms of the light level difficulty in fact i think it's good and i'm i'm kind of assuming i'm making a big assumption here but i'm assuming that Bungie was sort of anticipating that at this point, most people would have between 15 and 20 light levels on their artifact. And if you're at, if you're at 1320, you know, then you're going to be between 1335 and 1340, which I think is totally reasonable to complete it at. And I, I think, I just think what really should have happened is in the same way that they do grandmasters where it locks you at 1335 or 1340, regardless of what your artifact level is. So that way you can't have this LFG barrier where you might be a decent PvE player who's capable of completing this raid, but because you have a 9 on your on your light level versus the, the 1441 or 1340 or 41, people are not going to let you access the raid. And I know it's not like that for every single one. You can always find those LFG posts where people are just like, yeah, just be 1335 and up. But it just, it it kind of, filters down and and funnels down the accessibility and if if they wanted to have it so that it's kind of the same level of difficulty regardless of of who's participating in this like in like I said in the same way that they do grandmasters where as long as you le- reach this number you know it's it's a level playing field i think that that probably would have gone over a little bit better than you know, then you would have known how fu- how much you needed to grind to get to a certain point, so that way you I could participate. And I'm gonna I say just this don't think... because of contest mode, and I I do agree that contest mode for me would have been like a better choice. And I'm actually that would be like shooting myself in the foot because right now I can do master vault of glass and kind of run through it peacefully. And the only things that changed for me was that. Uh, okay, so now I need an arc grenade launcher instead of uh, the void grenade launcher that I was using before. And, you know, nothing changed much for me personally. Right. But with contest mode, when it was like that, like you said, like it brought everybody down to a level and we were all there together with, you know, the same difficulties and the same <laughs> hardship of the raid. I had friends who were like three, four hours trying to open the gate and they never did it. Oh, for master? And, yeah, no, for contest mode. Oh, for contest mode. Okay. Yeah. So I, I do prefer contest mode, and I think it was more challenging. It was more fun. The difficulty was there. It was not artificial difficulty, but a lot of people would be left out, even if they were at level to do it. Even if it was a grandmaster, it was just that much harder. It was. Well, aren't people, aren't people being left out now because they can't meet that requirement? Like, yeah, there's no, there's no minimum light level barrier for entry. But with LFG posts, there sort of is inadvertently because people aren't going to let you into their group unless you meet meet a certain light level. So 
I think you still have that problem. It just manifests itself in a different way. I just don't think this content was made for LFG teams, though, with in mind. You know, any I mean, you're thirteen thirty five and going to that raid. Those aren't players who are necessarily LFGing to get their GMs done or LFGing for trials. I think this was geared more towards people who are high on the artifact, grind the game, and have a team ready to go and knows what they're doing. I mean, like, I, I get it. You're keeping people out on LFG, but I don't. I don't think this content was necessarily made for people like that, if you see what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, and I... So, sorry. No, I, I, I agree. Not, not every piece of content needs to be accessible to every person. But I, I'm, I'm, I, and this is where I'm just ignorant to the metrics, and I would love for someone to be able to kind of display that information, is how many people rely on LFG to do daily content. Because, like... I'm in a clan, but I kind of play at odd hours, and so sometimes I'm not able to participate when they participate, so I'm kind of left to fend for myself sometimes, and I, I'm aware of that burden, but it's like, I'm able to do GMs through LFG no problem at all, and if there's a certain thing that I want in Trials of Osiris, I can LFG through that no problem at all, um, but here we have a situation where LFG, yet again, is sort of gatekeeping, um, and I just... I think it would be it would be an easier kind of pill to swallow if they just leveled the playing field uh, in that aspect. Um, but I, I I fundamentally agree with you. I don't like the idea that everyone feels entitled to have every weapon at all times. And you certainly should have certain trophies, if you will, that like you've earned that adept weapon uh, or you've earned that time lost weapon because you've you've kind of put in the time you've mastered your loadout. And that's what I think it should come down to is you should be more rewarded for mastering the time that you've invested into the game to get better, not necessarily, oh, I've invested more time grinding bounties. And that's how it kind of feels right now. And the problem with that, though, is that, and look at it from the other side, is it's not the Bungie is, you know, keeping these people out of it. It's the communities get keeping the activity right. from other people. So... How could they fix that? That's uh, that's a tricky, you know, question to answer. Because is there like a right way to do it? I don't know. If you look at the teams, like, wouldn't you rather have someone who is thirteen forty one or someone who is four levels under that's gonna do thirty percent less damage? You're gonna take the thirteen forty one guy, and that's just because it's the best thing you can do for your group. So, is the community gatekeeping it? But is there a fix for that? I don't know. I just honestly think that if the loot was better and going back to what scotty was saying like the time loss guns are not even that much you know better than the normal ones so is, no. is it worth it for for a lot of people it's not even worth it even for us like you know in-game players uh like it's I mean, not... i'm gonna get my much bringer and then probably won't ever touch it again because the curated rolls on their stuff are just not as good i mean like the curated bringer i think is explosive firefly right after I get that, there's just no other, you know, oh, high stat piece of gear. Well, I can just go into override, spend a couple keys, and spec into that. So, yeah. There's I also think... the there's also the title. There's also the ship. Like, there are there are additional incentives. For, it's a one time for... thing. Yeah. If you do it once, then you're gonna do your weekly challenge if you can on your three characters. So people are gonna be looking for checkpoints, like you said. Right. And then maybe on your third one, you're going to look for an Atheon checkpoint so that you can spend all your spoils on, you know, buying the same gun that you already have. Right. And that that's basically it. So the replayability is not there. And I think that's because it's not as rewarding. Like, give me better, like, give me guaranteed 
good stat rolls on you know on armor or or don't drop me a terrible time lost the first time I do it or you know it's just so hard to make me go back to it and try to not waste as much time on it while I you know could do, could be doing something oh, else that is well, rewarding. Right. And I, I completely agree with you. I think the rewards are are totally lacking. Like, yeah, you can get Ascendant Shards and Prisms from the other encounters, but, like, you can get way more by just grinding out Master Nightfalls. So, like, that's not an incentive. So I, I, I completely agree with you. The, the, the fundamental problem is the rewards don't really accommodate for even putting in the effort short of getting the checkpoint for the specific challenge and getting that time-lost weapon. Um, as, as a side note, the time-lost weapons are clearly meant to be sort of throwbacks to the original roles from, from D1, and that's, like, that's why, like, Vision of Confluence has Zen Moment and, and Full Auto. Like, that doesn't play well in the current sandbox. Like, no one uses Full Auto on Scout Rifles, even though that's, like, that was, like, my favorite weapon back in D1 for a long time. Um, but it doesn't, it hasn't aged well, uh, pun intended. Um, but yeah, the, the time lost weapons are kind of like lackluster in that, in that aspect where it's like, obviously they're meant to be kind of like the, the curated roles from the original, uh, version of the raid. Um, but they're not short of being able to put adept mods on them. It, it's, it is pretty anticlimactic by the time you get through it. And it's like, oh, you get a time loss has in vengeance. Oh, it's not even that good. Okay, well, I've got one that's already got a better role on it, and I and so as soon as I was done with with challenge mode, I just jumped in and did like a fresh normal, uh, vog, and I had way more fun doing that because everyone was like way more cheerful because like half the people had been doing challenge mode on master and was just like everyone was so jaded and loved the idea that you could pop heads and and everything explodes in one hit and like, you know, it was it was having a lot more fun with it so. I think it's what you want to get out of it. Are you enjoying the, that content? And if it makes you miserable, no one's holding a gun to your head forcing you to do it. And and especially if the rewards aren't there. So I, I agree with you guys. I, I want that to be perfectly clear. I just think I think there's better ways that it could have been executed overall. Um, you're never going to make the entire community happy. And I certainly think that this kind of along with GMs and Trials of Osiris need to be difficult content because you are getting these adept weapons and they have... They have established that their idea of kind of like what the adept weapon and the work that you need to put into it to get them should have a certain level of like pinnacle difficulty associated with them. Um, I just think that sort of the residual re work around it wasn't very well thought out. And difficulties, and okay. Like I, I understand their, how they went through it. Like just like, and you mentioned it right now. Like, you can do a Grandmaster Nightfall and farm it, right? Mm -hmm. I can do five of them in a row and, and try to get a roll, and it works. Like, the, the way they put the Adept in Grandmasters brought people to Grandmasters, and that's a good thing. And we're all playing them again, and, you know, there's LFGs for them, and you can get it done with an LFG, and you can farm it five times in a row with the same LFG if you want. But the raid went into that pattern of, like, okay, we're going to put this at... They just call them adept, timeless, whatever, into the raid, and this will bring in people. But since you can't farm it, you, know, right. you, you cannot do the raid five times in a row, and no one's going to do the raid five times in a row. And the level of these adept, timeless weapons is not better than a normal, you know, adept version from a nightfall. That's not there. It's just like, yeah, the difficulty is up, and that's good. 
I, yeah. I think that's fine. But so the rewards should also be better than something that is farmable and you know doable, but way more people like a nightfall is. That's well, I, my only issue with it. It's just like it's, it's not as rewarding, right? And that's always been the problem with with raids. Like, why are they a lockout of one attempt per week? Um, when it is in theory some of the tougher content in the game, yet yeah, you can jump into GM Nightfalls and farm them till the cows come home and walk away with a purse full of ascendant shards and a bunch of adept weapons. Where it's like you get one shot per character. And yeah, you can spend your your spoils at the end, um, but it just it just yeah, it's it's not reflective and not proportionate to other difficult content. So there's really no point other than if you're trying to get the seal and it like just again as like a trophy item in your vault. Like, look, I've got the timeless collection. None of them are good. I don't want those timeless weapons to be overpowered. That's right. not my thought here. Uh, so how about this? And this is my proposition, just like as a random player in the game, I have no say in this or anything, but look at Last Wish, which is my favorite raid, as Taken spec, right? So why don't we have Vex spec? Or, or why don't you give me a time-lost weapon that has intrinsic more damage against Vex so that yeah. my gun is good in the raid so that I can come back to the raid with the gun I got from the raid and have more fun? Well, that was that was something that was in the destiny one versions of all the raid weapons is all of the the vault of glass weapons had oracle disruptor uh which is a mod now that you can put on your armor but it it did the same thing where it did more damage against oracles and then in uh crota's end each one had kind of an interesting ability where like the I, i'm probably getting it this wrong but like i believe the auto rifle could disrupt wizards and then uh, if you broke their shield, and then like the was it the pulse rifle that could penetrate night hive knight shields, which was awesome. And then in King's Fall, all of those weapons had extra damage against Taken. And then what I think was the coolest was uh, the raid weapons from Wrath of the Machine had what was it like Whirlwind's Curse, where you did extra damage against Fallen. And people have been asking for that, like make an intrinsic trait on the raid weapons where they only work in the raid. Uh, and they they give you some kind of benefit, and that would have been kind of neat too. Because if you had been using like the vault of glass weapons, and I think even the 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 vanilla versions of them should have that perk. But if you're using those weapons in the raid, you get some kind of additional bonus against Vex in there to just you know make it five percent a little bit easier, or you know your weapons are five percent more effective if you're using the weapons from the raid. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think like having little things like that where you incentivize players in some kind of capacity, it, you know, it, I don't mm -hmm. think it would I don't think it would disrupt and overpower the weapons. Like you said, you don't want to have the power creep aspect, but it would it would at least make some kind of like carrot to chase. Same for the Vex Mythic class. Give it Vex damage. You know? I, I can't tell you because I still haven't gotten it after 20-something <laughs> completions. So thanks for rubbing that in my face. <laughs> I, got, uh, I, got, I got it on the 7th run, and I got my catalyst on the 8th, and it's still bad. So Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I know it's terrible, <laughs> but I really <laughs> like that weapon. There. I love that the flavor text for that weapon is like an iterative loop statement, which is awesome. Will, do you have any final thoughts on Master Vault of Glass before we transition? Um, 
Yeah, so I just hope in the future, I mean, like, I'm totally cool with them coming back with old raids. Um, I think that's really cool. It's fun to play this content in this kind of sandbox. Um, but I would like to see, like, more mechanical changes to yeah. um, certain encounters, not just do this, but we're going to make everything with a higher health pool, and they're going to do more damage to you. Like, that, to me, is just kind of boring, and, like, it doesn't feel... Um, doesn't feel like they put... I don't want to say much thought, but, I mean, it just doesn't feel like it's something that's fun to play over and over again i mean like i would just love some kind of encounter change or you have to your teamwork has to be better more than just stay alive and don't die like it is now yeah all right so for a third topic i thought it'd be fun if we talked about some of our personal stories relating to destiny stuff only we could talk about maybe it was like a crazy raid night or something or just something funny that happened with friends or whatever um so I guess I'll start off. I'll break the ice. One thing that happened to me a long time ago when Scourge of the Past was out, which happens to be my favorite raid. I still love that raid. It's so cool. And I love the Mario Kart part with the sparrows. But anyways, uh, I wanted to... I think this was my first clear. And so I went on LFG, and I was looking for some people. I said, you know, I haven't watched, like... Or no, I watched, like, a couple videos or whatever... Hadn't done it before, first time, looking for some people to, you know, teach me the ways. And, or, no, I wanted to do, like, a blind clear or something. So I was looking some, for some people to go in with me, do it blind, figure it out together. And so I found a group, and there was, like, you know, it was a full group. And they were all like, yeah, we haven't done it either. We watched a couple of videos. We're the same as you. I'm like, cool. This will be fun. And we started playing. They kind of had... I don't remember what accent they had or country, but they all clearly knew each other after a little bit. And we kind of, after the first encounter, we kind of burned through it. And I was like, that was pretty quick. You know, I'm like, this is a good group. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm with these guys, you know? And we keep going. And by the end of it, we had cleared it in like maybe 20, 25 minutes on our quote unquote first time. And I was like, that's kind of insane. And afterwards they all were kind of laughing and i was like what's so funny and they're like oh you know we just we do this thing where we like pretend that we've never done it before and then we like carry a first time person through it and see the reaction and i was like oh it's kind of cool and they all put on their emblems and they had like hundreds of clears and i was like it, like one guy had like 900 something clears of the past clears my god it was ridiculous but i thought it was super cool and they were all laughing about it. It was just so weird because I had never experienced anything like that. And I don't even understand why they, you know, kept it a secret. But it was really funny. I thought it was cool. And I just had never seen anyone with hundreds of raid clears before. It was, it was insane. But they were all super nice. LFG is always just a in, in, very interesting experience. Sometimes it's awful. Sometimes you get people like that. And it was it was super cool. I like it. That's a that's a great story. Um, in general, LFG can be uh, a a nightmare. Um, but I almost always have some kind of like shake my head moment or oh my god, is this actually happening? Like yeah, and and a lot of the times like I'll join a group where there's like four or five guys that are you know, already well-established friends and they just needed a, a sixth person for a raid. And like, 
like they'll start telling inside jokes and i just have no context for anything that's going on or like there's the guy who's like the punching bag of the group that they always make fun of and it's like really awkward because you almost feel like you need to defend that guy because of how horrible they are to him but then you realize as time goes on like that's just their their chemistry together and it's mm-hmm. it is always hilarious and and oftentimes i find myself muting my muting my mic because of how hard i'm laughing of like the absurdity <laughs> ridiculousness and like we were talking a little bit before the show of like i joined a group relatively recently for a vault of glass run and it was a bunch of high school kids and it was i was i was crying at some of the stuff that they were just complaining about and and it, it was just amazing uh stuff i probably won't say because of how awful it was anyway um my my fun story actually happened to me just this last week of I was doing an LFG group and I had, I had completed the master vault of glass and I just was like, I need to I need to decompress a little bit. So I did a just kind of a normal version because um, I wanted a, a shot at getting Vex Mythoclast with one of my other characters and uh, punchline. I didn't I didn't get Vex, but that's not important to the story. Um, but I always like running relic because it's like fun and entertaining and you feel like you can be kind of the cool guy of the group. And uh, when we were doing the gatekeeper encounter, uh, the gatekeeper in the middle spawned that you have to clear periodically to reopen both gates. And I was like, I got this. So I uh, did a what I thought was a majestic Superman dive uh, to slam into him and destroy him, but then completely missed and went down into the pit. And everyone proceeded to make fun of me for like a solid five minutes because we would have finished the encounter because it was like the last kind of bounce back and forth between the two groups. Uh, and I just completely botched and forced a wipe because, of course, the relic despawned and, and ended it. So, you know, I always like being like that guy. And and no one really cared because we were we were powering through the raid pretty quickly because, you know, we were just doing a normal run. So it was not a big deal to wipe and do it over. It's not like we were about to finish challenge for the first time. But mm-hmm. all the same, it was still entertaining. So I, I like I like participating in LFG groups and having a good time when no one takes it too seriously. And mm-hmm. that was definitely one of those instances where doing a Superman dive into the pit below was uh, quite entertaining to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, at any time, especially if you do stuff like that later at night. The later yes. at night, the more things people laugh at for, like, no reason. Yeah, despite it the... not being funny. Yeah, exactly. Everything gets funnier past a certain, like, especially past, like, 11 o'clock, I guess, at night. I feel like everything just gets a lot funnier. Oh, yeah, 100 Especially if you've been doing it for a long time. If you've been like playing for however many hours, everything is hilarious. Yeah. But sometimes I've got some really bad LFG experiences. Um, it, my friend and I kind of laugh at this, but we were doing Crown of Sorrow and neither of us had finished it. I think we had the Galron checkpoint and we needed more people. It was just the two of us. So we needed to get four more people. So we were in a party together. We invited these four LFG guys, and we did not invite them to party chat until we loaded in. So we were just sitting in orbit. We were in our party. The rest of them were in fire team chat for them. And we didn't have our emblems on because we had no clears. So we didn't know what was going on until we loaded in. And we loaded in. We invite everyone into the party, and this guy just starts going off on us. He was livid. And he was yelling at us for not having any clears or something. It was so bad. So we kicked him from the party, and this guy kept... He sent, like, hate messages to the my friend. 
he was the fire team leader so he got all these like hate messages it was awful and the rest of the guys in the group were kind of laughing and they were just kind of confused because they were like yeah i loaded in and i was just kind of like this guy was just cussing <laughs> it was so funny awesome. it, it, it it was bad but we laughed about it because it was just one guy and you know when it's five on one they're not that intimidating right but it was funny it's just lg can be so toxic oh drastically yeah. different experiences from one team to the next oh yeah <laughs> i remember one time uh trials in the nine so this is you know long time ago i convinced this little kid's dad to let him play past eight o'clock <laughs> on monday night so we could finish our trials card you hear his dad in the background. He's like, all right, time, time to get off. And I was like, all right, put your dad in the mic. So I was like, you know, such and such promise that he will get straight A's for the rest of the semester if he can stay on and finish this trials card. <laughs> That's kind of to it and finish it off. That's so yeah, that, that, was, that was funny. That's awesome. The dad was like so confused. He's like, oh, hello. I was like, hey. <laughs> How'd the kid do? I follow us, but that was nice. Good for him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He's a little kid too. He was super funny. Oh. No. That's that's the cool thing is you you pull in a lot of people sometimes that are like little little kids, you know, and they're <laughs> I don't know. It's very you pull in like people who are older and playing, which is super badass as well. So mm-hmm. super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one, but it's kind of on the opposite side. Because I think I do something that makes people laugh and makes myself laugh too, but I have this one friend which I play with like almost every day. He's like a retired veteran. So, you know, destiny is like a big part of his life. Mm-hmm. And whenever we do raids or dungeons, uh, sometimes we, like you said, we're missing a third, we're missing a sixth or something. Or sometimes we do guided games. Uh, we enjoy, you know, getting a newbie through a, through a raid whenever we can. And one thing I always do, and that's because on our Discord, we have the Warmind bot. If you guys know it, it posts all the stats after our group does a raid or a dungeon. That's cool. So all the kill death ratio and all that stuff. And what I always do is compete with him. <laughs> so every time we wipe, if I'm the last one alive, I, I go and rescue him <laughs> just so that he has one more death. Oh. <laughs> I keep doing all the time. And everybody always thinks it's so hilarious. I mean, I laugh sometimes too when I manage to get like a hard rest on him before we, you know, actually wipe. <laughs> And just increase his counter by one more death. But <laughs> that always great. gets people like, uh, why? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. I know I this wasn't me, but I think I saw a post a while ago. It's like just people messing with others, like you were saying. Uh, in Last Wish, this guy would... <laughs> every time they got to the chest part at the very end, he already had 1k and he would pull 1k from collections so on the, oh, the left screen no. like, so and so found 1000 voices that's gold i love that that's, <laughs> that's so great. funny it was great it was great. do you guys remember the um the wall in um heresy or if you go to the wrong door <laughs> the big thing goes out and slams you oh yeah 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 uh, making people go into the wrong doors is 
like if you're like studying right. you're like oh i was like all right i'll like, shoot the door I'm like all right go up there you gotta go ahead i'm gonna go grab a drink of water or something and then you sit there and watch <laughs> it just get obliterated as this thing in the doorway yeah every but time like, i help uh, some, someone with you know, with the with the same of each quest i always make them do that it, it's a rite of passage man you have to get <laughs> <laughs> some some crypts when you're running from boss that one room i think and then like people turn around throw glacier grenades or i, I got bait like my first time in there i got told there's a secret chest oh, yeah. <laughs> turn around get the chest before. yeah and i go in the doors closed like oh no mm-hmm. that's all that nice. all that stuff i remember in garden of salvation there's that one after you beat the um the giant harpy boss and there's like a a tell a plat a gate that you can go through and it spits you out and down into a pit. <laughs> and I used to, I used to play with a a group pretty regularly and every time we had someone new because we used to do divinity runs to like help people get it and you could tell like it was like their first time doing it as well and we'd always bait someone to to go do that and like a couple of times they had like didn't get that they got killed they're like oh I went through the wrong portal and we'd all be like snickering and laughing and it just never dawned on them that it was like a setup to get them to die those those kinds of ones are pretty fun and and harmless i know what was it in king's fall at the war pe- war priest people would convince people to jump up into the blight because that's how you were supposed to start the encounter and like okay we all have to jump at the same time and you'd count down and like you know a bunch of people would just jump and immediately die and I, I i love that kind of stuff there's always those those classic yeah, that's awesome. Because they're not toxic. Even, even you can PvP. tell that they will do it to someone else afterwards. It's right. Right. Fun. You can like yeah, troll but... people or like give like a bad call out or something. If like a whole entire team is hard scoping around the corner, like sometimes I'll, all right, you're, you're good. You know, pop your super. Go ahead and jump around. <laughs> pop their supers. Fried. That's <laughs> or like even like trolling people with certain guns and trials in the early rounds is kind of fun too. Yeah. Being full of like fighting lion. I like sweet business, three sweet businesses. Oof. Sweet business is fun. Yeah. It, but to be fair though, if you've got three people running sweet business, like there's very you can very little you can do to counter that. And it does actually get frustrating, but it is well, fun. Yeah, but you just wait till they reload and then you just run around with a shotgun because they can't do anything about it. Yeah. But nah. I'm looking through my camera roll right, right now. I'm trying to find any other stuff that has happened because there's just so much ridiculous stuff the first raid that i think me and my friends ever did were awful and we were especially awful uh when we first started so our first raid was eater of worlds and that's because i went on reddit and i was like hey guys as a first time raider uh what do you think i should start with what's the easiest one and a couple of people said yeah do eater of worlds because you know, it's pretty simple, not complicated, short. And I'm like, all right, how long do you think that'll take us? You know, give or take. And they're like, oh, you know, depends on your group. But, you know, if you've got a solid group, it'll take you like two hours or something. It took us somewhere between like six and eight hours over the course of like four days. Whoa. Bad. And <laughs> it, it was fun. It's just we were awful. And we like laughing about that. And we struggled on Callus one time and we kicked out one of our friends who wasn't that great. We brought in some random LFG person and we, they like single-handedly beat us, for, beat it for us. We're just, we're not good. And uh-huh. it's fun to laugh about it. 
Well, I was doing the same before we started. And I, I, I found this clip that I saved and uh, it was from, I guess, not so old, but I wasn't so new at the game. But one thing I really love about Destiny is like how you know huge the lore behind it is and all these little Easter eggs that Bungie always likes to hide. So since I never played the moon when it was new, my friend was telling me about this tire thing, like a kind of like a fairy game. You throw the tires down a ramp and if they, you know, fall into a hole, there's a triumph that you can get. And he kept telling us about how people used to do it and all these things. So I look at the triumph and it's called no pressure. So I decided, yeah, that's probably the best hint I'm going to get. So I just put the tire at the edge of the thing and I pushed it with my speeder like at a full speed and ended up killing myself three times. I'm going to try <laughs> first try. This guy was so <laughs> upset because he was like, I've tried this for so long, you know, and, and you just do like some stupid stuff and it works out. And yeah, that's <laughs> one of the reasons I really love this game. Yeah, that's funny. I remember, do you guys remember like my friends and I used to drive our sparrows off the top of the Nessus thing? I forget what spawn point that's called. There's that big elevator and you just drive your sparrow off that and do like flips that was fun just yeah. killing yourself repeatedly sometimes that's the most fun you, you talk about that load-in zone yeah yeah, fun, like, yeah yeah <laughs> um, like pre-nerf pre -nerf, um e titan stasis shoulder charge was so satisfying to hit somebody off a map and watch them like furiously melee at you like, <laughs> oh, they just fly off the map. that was so great oh that's funny Oh, talking about sparrows, that reminded me. Uh, we've been doing this lately. Now that, you know, that sparrows don't go away, once you get off of it, you can oh, yeah. find it. Okay. So what we've been doing lately on normal Vault of Glass is we have one person run their sparrow and try to get him through the whole raid. We're almost there. We're just missing the part <laughs> after the Templars will. We need to figure out how we can do it, you know, to get through the platforms without dying, because that's where we failed. Yeah, uh, but that's a really good challenge. Yeah, you're down one person unless he, you know, parks it in a really safe spot so we can pick it up hey, again. You can get your sparrow through vault. Yeah, you can get your sparrow all the way to Etienne. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I did not know. Do that. that. Yeah, that's it. That's a fun challenge, and there should be a triumph for it. If there should be. Uh, that's awesome. What? <laughs> and it, it, it freaks people out because if we have some LFGers in our group, you know, they're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> that's even though that was a thing that's hilarious have that. you guys seen the glitch with the thunder crash where the dude stays like in his superman animation but on yeah his screen, he seems like he's running around but he stays yeah. in he's like horizontal with the ground with his fist out just kind of like hovering above the ground <laughs> shooting out of his hand <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> she cracks you up every time that's been around for a while hasn't it yeah so random that's only that's the, i wish you could like do it and do a whole raid with it because that's, that's <laughs> sometimes the most like the most fun you have in this game are some of the glitches and i just wish they didn't patch some of them so quickly especially the ones that are benign where they don't actually exactly. affect like gameplay or you know area they don't affect rewards or ability to play against other people exactly the, the more benign ones are are fun i feel like I don't know, I, I, I can't think of like a specific example off the top of my head, but I feel like there's a lot of those glitches that they just, they jump on really quick, and they don't really affect the gameplay. Right. And that just kind of sucks, because they're so much fun. 
Yeah, I, I did a I did a Vogue run, and instead of doing for for Atheon, instead of doing like the numbers for calling out oracles or for doing like you know near and far, they had pulled up a map. We didn't use it, but we were kind of referencing it. Is each one was a different fast food location, so like. <laughs> subway was like back left and kfc was like back mid and there was like there was no rhyme or reason like there wasn't anything intuitive of like oh yeah kfc that's always going to be back mid like you wouldn't remember that but they they had like when it was like their clan they would always use that just because it was like why not introduce some level of challenge and it was like hilarious and so we were we were trying to reference those and it was just a disaster so we were back to like kind of the normal you know front back mid that's close great. I, I we do that, but we do uh, penumbra and ensombra. So. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right. So for our last topic, let's talk trials and uh, the sandbox uh, post update. Uh, Will and I were playing trials, and I'd like to open the discussion to him. Uh, Will got reactions to our experiences this past weekend. Um. Yeah. Not a fan of the changes, but um. Going into it, I was already kind of hesitant. Um, it just kind of forces you to play with one set of archetype and a certain set of perks. And if you don't have those perks, then it's kind of useless. Um, and even with those perks, like shotguns don't one-hit kill consistently anymore, even up close. It's kind of just RNG, which I'm not a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the rise of visions and grenade launchers. So I love my ignition code. I've been using... I think I was using I think I was using blinding grenades for a little bit, and then I switched over to to proxy, and it's fun because it ricochets, so it's really nice. You know, when there's a lot of hallways, you can just bounce it off a wall, and it's got a surprisingly good kill rate for me. It works well, so GLs are fun. Um, did you get a chance to mess around with slug shotguns at all? Because those, I believe, I did. they did something different with those. Well, they didn't change the slug shotguns. They're they're the okay. same, but they okay. can like um can hit one hit kill from a reliable distance, and you kind of can always count if you get the headshot. It's always a kill. So they're they're more consistent than regular shotguns if you're hitting your headshots. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mm-hmm. range on them is just disgusting. I mean, you can hit people from nine, ten meters with a certain roll on certain weapons. Mm-hmm. So I know what I thought was interesting, despite the changes and everything, is that the the I'm looking at trials report right now, and I'm looking at the top ten weapons or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it doesn't look too much different from previous weeks. I know we're recording on Saturday morning, um, so people haven't really gotten a huge chance to mess around with the sandbox yet. But right now, number one, actually, this is new. Uh, Chaperone's number one. Uh, Fellwinters is still a beast, it seems. In number two, Ace of Spades for some reason. We saw a lot of Ace of Spades. And that one's number three. And in the, in the, sorry, but in the in the past couple of weeks it's been one twenties that have been, you know, if I mean okay. the top five to three spots are always some kind of special weapon. Yeah, I'm looking at that. Yeah, Igneous Handler. One twenties. Like you can actually go back to last weekend. Yeah, I'm looking um, True Prophecy was at number ten. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. pulses seem to be on the list nowadays. Uh, Messenger was last week, and Messenger's also on this week's. Um, if you go deeper, you don't really see pulses at all. It's pretty much the same thing. You see Igneous Hammer. Um, Dead Man's Tail is gone from the list this week. Um, <laughs> it's been around in previous weeks, but 
I don't think it's on this week's. No, last word is in there. It just got nerfed stuff. this week too. So. Dire promises in there. You're seeing yeah, stuff dire that promise, hasn't yeah. been there in a while. I did notice that change. Uh, you you see a lot more often the one forties back, which is yep. good and refreshing. Thorn. Also. Yeah. <clears throat> I also think that the map, this map plays really fast. Um, I think the map definitely helps it because you know you're not sitting back and team shotting with one twenties as much. I mean, it's probably still there. This mm-hmm. map caters to players who play aggressive because there's lots of power points you can get and lanes you can hold down. So I think like more aggressive players and better teams will be using 140s this weekend. Yeah. We saw a lot of fusions, or we saw Telesto, and I'm surprised to not see any fusions on there except Bastion. Bastion, yes. Glacier Classroom. It's also on the energy, ninth, ninth most used so far this weekend. Um, Where are you looking? On what platform? Top weapons, Trials of Osiris, July 06, July 13. You see Glacier Chasm on there? Yes, Warmind.io. I'm not seeing it. Oh, I'm looking at this site. Oh, Warmind. Yeah, we're on Trials Report. Weird that they're different. It, that is they weird. They different times. I don't know. But yeah, no, Fusions are definitely in a, a usable spot. I think everything's pretty usable right now, except for like Scout Rifles. But I think the problem with Trials is special ammo economy. I mean, there's just no point in playing your primary. Because you can, unless you catch somebody player. out of position, but if somebody already knows you're there, you're just gonna have to play a shoddy or a you know some kind of special weapon to get the kill down as fast as possible. Sure, sure. One thing I, I was... would like to ask oh, you, Will, um, and just coming from someone who, yeah, I did play trials this weekend actually, but I'm not, you know, the the sweat that goes every weekend into trials. This time, I did see way more uh, teams of only warlocks, and a friend told me, oh yeah, it's because of the map. And then I felt too scared to ask him why. So maybe you can tell us oh. why this map is so much better for you know for warlocks than for hunters, which is what I usually see in the stack teams. Yeah, um, I don't think it's as much as the map as that. Um, Warlock has two extremely dominant PvP subclasses right now, right? With um, Geomag, Chaos Reach, and Top Tree Dawnblade for the movement. I think players, people who play fast and how to move around the map are going to play on Warlock and then have Geomags or they're going to play Top Tree Dawn and then you have the Geomag running into a wall for 10 minutes players that just want to get their super yep. quick kill. So I don't think it's much as the map as it is that those supers are in their top of their class. Um, there just isn't really anything else that really competes with those two besides maybe. Um, I think I still think uh, Shatter Dive Hunter is extremely good. You know how to play it correctly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I made a mistake. Those nades are kind of broken, in my opinion, but it is what it is. Like, Titan doesn't really have anything. I mean, maybe bottom tree striker or middle tree slam is about as good as it gets in bubble, but that's like, have to know how to play it. Like, it's it's, it's not like a passive super where like Geomax, where you can just run to something and you just get it, use it, free kill, done. Um, bubble, you kind of have to be strategic where you place it, when you place it what supers the other team has. So I think it comes back more to that those subclasses need to be toned a bit. Um, I think Top Tree Domblade is in a really good spot. I don't think it needs to be toned down. Um, that's just me. I think you should bring the other subclasses up to that level with Top Tree Dawn. I don't think it needs a nerf. But again, just coming from me and I feel because I think movement is such an important part of this game, especially with PvP. So I hate to see it get obliterated, but at the same time, like I do understand why they're going to nerf it. 
Um, but if they're up to me, I would just say nerf the melee and maybe a longer time run the Icarus dash. But yeah, I hope it doesn't get gutted. I, so I, I agree to that to a certain point. I, I know everyone kind of likes to point out every time they nerf rather than buff things. Um, I, and, and you know, you, you probably have a, a more appropriate opinion on this than maybe someone like me, because you, you clearly spend more time in the Crucible than I do. But it just feels like some of the maps are not really, like, if everyone had that kind of movement abilities, like, the maps just feel so claustrophobic as is, to a certain degree, that if you, if if everyone had, like, Icarus Dash-type stuff, I feel like the maps would feel even worse in terms of just, like, flexibility and movement. Uh, and I could I could be wrong on that, and, and there's probably examples you can think of with, like, obviously, like, Widow's Court doesn't have that problem, because, if anything, it takes advantage of how much open space there is and how much you can kind of fly around. Um, but there's certain maps like the Anomaly where I just feel like it would be insane to have increased movement or that much more agility, uh, for lack of a better term, in 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 certain maps like that. Mm-hmm. So you get into that dangerous territory of if you make everything have insane movement, then nobody really has insane movement, you know? Right. Every class has it, so you kind of even the playing field. Um, and then you go to the thing where you go back to, you know, year one of Destiny 2 where you're moving so slow around the map and it's just, it feels super, you know, like walking through mud or something. I think there's like a fine balance you have to find in there. Yeah. Um, I think Warlocks and their movement ability is huge. I think at this point, you just give Titan something. I don't, I don't want to see that kind of movement ability go away because, you know, Hunters have Dodge and Dodge is right. so, I mean, so underrated. Um, I'd like to see Titans get something to kind of even the playing field, but I, I don't want to see movement completely obliterated um, for the sake of you know people complaining that movement is too good or something. I think if you have good movement, I think you should be rewarded for that. But I, I, at the same time, like I don't want to see oh, I get somebody one shot. I slide around the like it happened last night. I slide around the corner and the dude's halfway across the map. You know that that's super. I don't know how I feel about that, but and then. The hunter, I can't do that. I can shade step, but I can't, you know, get halfway across the map when I'm one shot or something. So right. it's a fine balance. It's really hard to figure out, but it's gonna take some um playing around with and you know, figure out where everybody gets um a healthy balance for like the crucible. So yeah. I feel like there's always gonna be something, you know, even, it, even with the movement the thing. I think also the kind of players, for example, like myself, like I I mostly play a warlock, I main a warlock. But when I go into the Crucible, I don't do top dome blade, even though I know it's you know amazing and I see the videos and I see other people play live, and yeah, I can see the advantages. But that's not my playstyle. I'm like the Halo Three kind of guy who you know goes walking around, bounces a grenade on the ground, and tries to get a headshot. So I I don't jump much. I don't dash. I don't you know, and maybe that's to my disadvantage. But that's the way I play. And even this weekend, I got to four wins, which for me is my average you know four or five wins usually when i do a card but still like uh it's it's so for me it's good that they have the options of like yeah there's the movement and and it's great I, I, but maybe i don't want it personally so i i happy there so there are subclasses that i can go into and take advantage of that myself sure players yeah. like me well so i, think, I sorry go for it well, i was gonna say most players that um use top pre-dawn like good players not using it for the super because like to be honest the super on console is 
not you know anything op it's just the fact that you can get around the map so fast get to angles so quickly you know um i think that's why at least that's why i use the subclass not because of the super or anything like that or the, the neutral game's good but just the movement for me yeah like Icarus dash and, and stuff like that well so so, so i was gonna say like i was gonna bring up because i feel like the 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 go-to exotic for hunters is stompies for pvp because it's like it's a neutral it's it it accentuates all of them and and it gives you accessibility to things that you can't you know it it, it amplifies your your movement kind of in the same vein that why why top three Dawnblade is so good because it it allows you accessibility to things you can't do with any of the other subclasses i just hate and and I agree with you, Robbie, kind of what you're saying, where it's like, I like to use a lot of the other hunter exotics, because I think some of them are really interesting. And like, I'm a huge trip mind guy. So I always use young Ahamkar spine, because that's like my absolute favorite exotic in the game. But it's like, I feel like I'm penalizing myself or giving myself a handicap because I'm not using stompies. And I should be, because that's kind of like, the mentality that I think is kind of conveyed where it's like you're you're hindering yourself if you're not using them. But it's like there's so many interesting exotics that you can use. But it just sucks that you feel like if yeah, if you want to play Warlock, you feel like you need to be playing Top Tree Dawnblade to 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 level the playing field in some capacity. And it's the same vein that I feel like with hunters. It's like if you're not using Stompies, you're playing Hunter wrong. Oh, I hundred percent disagree with that. Dragon Shadow um is insane yeah i'll, I'll give you that but I, I mean like i i get it like i was a stompy guy for the past four years never took him off pve and pvp and i threw on dragon shadow because my friend's like you know i think you'd like this i have not touched anything else um i will probably will not go back to stompies <laughs> unless um or shotguns and that are usable can get quick draw um, it's just as, it's so crazy to be able to dodge and then you're reloaded and you can pull something out like as fast as oh yeah i think it's fast quick draw honestly but um i i don't yeah i I don't think i'll be using stompies anymore just because quick draw nerf and i don't really um what am i trying to say <laughs> i don't really so know why they I, I don't i'm not a big fan of the whole try, try like nerf quick draw thing then you know you kind of have to as a shotgunner you have to run an exotic just to make your shotgun usable but at the same time like i get it because you're sacrificing one thing for another yeah when you guys are talking stompies um and mobility uh you're talking like does it improve the slide is that yes. like the big draw and it gives you it better makes jumping two okay. plus 10 or 15 mobility like okay. intrinsic hidden stat yeah but i i just don't they're not i mean movement in, in my opinion is good enough to the point where i don't have to use them anymore i can rather have something i can like last night i was you know playing and got eight a couple times but like, i dodged and then pulled my shotgun like right fast like super fast and it felt just like it did before the quick draw nerf and i'm like you know this is I get more utility out of this than able to jump faster jump higher I, that's just me though so no I, and and i agree with you like i like so many of the other exotics and i i i typically don't use stompies because i just like yeah i i see the value in them but i don't i th I think there's so many more interesting builds that you can create like i will go in and try to use like graviton forfeit just because i like the idea of having like extended invisibility and and getting your melee back faster or hell like 
I've gone in and just used Omni Oculus and like if you're playing like a control match, just constantly throwing smoke bombs on people to make them invisible. So you have like unlimited smoke bombs. It doesn't really do anything, but it's entertaining as hell. Um, <laughs> but I guess I guess there's also the the you know, are we talking about competitive versus like just casual uh sure. crucible, of course. But and I agree with you, like Dragon Shadow is amazing. I I like that exotic. I wish there was a better like ornament for it because it doesn't take shaders so great. It's not. Uh, that's that's more of like a, a personal thing. Um, but right there with you though. But I just I think there's a lot of cool exotics that you know you can tell that they're explicitly kind of designed to be more of a, a PvP centric uh, exotic, but they they hardly ever get any love because there's always that inevitable you know what's the top uh, what's the top subclass tree that you should be playing in PvP. Uh, and like I said, it's all user preference, but if you look at the stats and kind of like how it all plays out, it's like clearly Geomag, uh, Warlocks, and Top Tree Dawnblade are, like, if you're not using those, you are, you are in a certain way, like, hindering yourself, because it's like, it's 100%. so clearly evident, and it's just, it's unfortunate, because there's a lot of really cool looking exotics that do neat stuff, but, you know, people don't want to play with you if you're not using what's meta. And that's unfortunate. That's all. Sure. As someone who is not great at PvP and doesn't often play competitive, when I do play competitive, like survival or trials, whatever it is, I would like to say that I have not taken off my Wormhusk crown. I still think it's really good. It oh, just, it is. It saves me. Wormhusk is definitely oh, going to be good. And so is, um, uh, what's the one exotic that... Actually, no, I'm sorry, not D1. Mas Mask of Bacchus is also extremely good. Right. So, oh, yeah, the, the Blink one. I don't yeah, know. it is so good. Um, and Gemini's, too. Gemini's, for that matter. You see quite a bit of that. I mean, at least I do. Yeah. Trials mm -hmm. and, and PvP. I just picked up a good roll of it. I'm going to pull it up on my app right now. I don't know if it was a good roll, but I got a Gemini Jester. All right, 62. It's got 20 intellect and 15 mobility. So, not bad. That's yeah, I think I think I think by far the best two exotic roles I've ever gotten is one of them's Gemini Jester that has a sixty-eight, uh, and then I've also gotten a Lucky Raspberry that's like sixty-seven or sixty-eight, and it's like no one uses Lucky Raspberry, but it's fun. <laughs> At the end of the day, you should have fun while you're playing it, right? It so is a video game after all. Yeah, use what you enjoy if you want to be. The guy who's using Celestial Nighthawk in PvP because it makes you happy, like do it. Uh, you know, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Personally, for me, I don't know about you guys, but I'm I don't like having to put on an exotic because of some aspect of the game that Bungie changed. Um, do you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, people are trying to get by or bypass certain nerfs that have been put in. Um, just because like just for the sake of nerfs, not because they're changing their play style or changing to adjust to another team's play style. Yeah, I no, I, know if... I know exactly what you're talking about. I, there's a YouTube video. I want obviously name names, and it's not important. But like, as soon as the the TWAB came out where they announced that they were going to be nerfing quick draw for shotguns, the video was like, okay, here's every subclass, and here's how you get around this this nerf. And then it's right. like, so now it's like you're just trying to always get back to the the standard the that we've established too. yeah where it's like yeah. if you don't have quick draw on a shotgun it's not a good shotgun you know and it's like 
And it just, it sucks that that's like the established, if you're not playing this way, you're playing it wrong kind of thing. But it's like, yeah. hey, maybe, you know, because the intent is obviously to like free people from feeling like they have to be playing this certain way because you're tired of constantly getting shotgun aped. And so it's like, hey, finally, I can start using these other exotics, like, because I, you know, I'm I'm free from the confines. But it's like, no, now we've discovered how do you get around this? Uh, because that's been established as this is what the the correct technique for PvP is. And that, yeah, that's I, kind I of a bummer. And actually, I think I, this weekend, at least, when I played it, I felt better as a guy, again, who doesn't go into trials that much. Just because, yeah, there were shotguns, and you, you were still getting killed with some of them. Uh, a lot of people trying out uh, Lord of Wolves. Yeah. But I do have a bit more respect for, like, fusion rifles and, you know, grenade launchers. Especially because I know that myself, when I try fusion rifles in PvP, I'm really bad at pre-firing. And, you know, the people who keep pre-firing everywhere they go and turning around corners and waiting for people, I, I, I see that that takes a bit more skill than expecting your, you know, random shotgun to one-shot me from eight meters away because right. it's not supposed to do that. When I get one hit by a chaperone, I know the guy got a headshot. And right. I appreciate that. I, I know that he has the aim and he deserves a kill. But like mm -hmm. him firing someone from eight meters away, that's no skill. But like pre-firing a fusion rifle around corners, that takes a bit more skill. So I, yeah. I, I just felt that it was a bit more fun, more interesting. And I personally, and I think that's what changed my uh, perspective and my enjoyment of these trials this weekend, was that I didn't felt like it was unfair. Like I felt that it was a bit like I had a fighting chance, you know, in, in most occasions. Compared mm -hmm. to other chances where, like, if I saw a team with three fell winters and one twenties, and they all had adept, uh, you know, swords equipped and whatever, I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Welcome to trials. <laughs> competitive aspect is you can sword peak longer. <laughs> we aren't that well. They are going to fix that eventually, right? Not till next season. So we got another month of. Not to fix it till next season. All simulator gameplay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boy, well, to be honest though, I did not see as many sword peekers as I did last weekend. This weekend, like I mean, granted, I played like nine games, um, but I, it wasn't—I don't know what it was—but there were not many teams that were all three sitting in corners, staring into a wall. You know, I didn't see any personally. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe I didn't play enough, but just my experience. Yeah, I wonder what that is. I can't think of anything that would. Signal that change. Maybe just them, just them going up. Emoting. People emoting around corners. I, I did see some of that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, it has the same effect. I mean, how do you fix that then? I mean, if you... if you Stable emotes in PvP. Yep. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, should, they should just, like, not allow them until the round is over. Right. Yeah. And then you yeah, can yeah. emote. Yeah, that's a good idea too. You know, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. at the end. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I don't really know. I mean, when you pull your sword out, you just don't go third person with no ammo, or I, that's probably what's going to be. But probably, yeah, that would make sense. With, yeah. I mean, that 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 made perfect sense. It seems yeah. like a simple I, fix. It does it really does seem like a simple fix? But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be like a like a video game development thing where it's like oh we can't do it this is too difficult the coding is 
complicated or whatever. This team is very simple team. As a non servers on Tuesday. <laughs> Boy, that was rough. There's a whole zoo of animals. To fix the map, which was interesting. <laughs> they they fixed cauldron. They fixed cauldron anomaly. So they do yeah, the Twitter was, poll to choose they... what the map was going to be for this weekend, and they let people decide the Trials map for the first time, and everybody voted. And then when mm -hmm. Trials came along, it wasn't that map, <laughs> which surprised <laughs> many people. But it was the least way. voted map on that Twitter yeah. post. It was anomaly. <laughs> everybody was like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, I appreciate they fixed it quick, but how did yeah. you... What was the deal with that? I, I completely missed that. So the map came out, and it wasn't supposed to be that one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because we we were able to vote on what map we wanted, and everybody I'm, voted javelin. Right. But then this failed because that's a better map, in my opinion. And then that's Friday comes out, and everybody loaded in, and it was anomaly. <laughs> that's funny. Everybody's like, "Wait, what?" Watching some streamers <laughs> load in, they're like, "Uh, <laughs> it was anomaly." Oh God, I would not touch it. Mm -hmm. Map is mm -hmm. not it, but well. Anyways, guys, that's about all the time we have today. Thank you so much for listening, as usual. And we'll see you guys next Monday. Questions, comments, or something else you want to say? Email us at eventideradio at gmail.com or get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found in our podcast description.